0: The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning
1: and welcome to America's Web Radio and Stacey Abrams we're wants to glad be to have governor, you listening in today and... This is A Veteran's Place, country, and this is a new business, show, and it's going to be the country focusing to on
0: the the country to
1: veterans the the country to and the the to first responders will destroy that suffer from socialist policies. PTSD. Vote for we had quite a response to our last show, our, our first show last Thursday, and uh, this Frank is going to be an ongoing 100%. thing that we will 100%. have guests on that are specialists, and we've got... Our host is Dr. Don Moeller and when I say doctor that covers uh, this is the only guy that wears two hats and uh, two of those, uh, uh, mirrors on their forehead to uh, look at your teeth and look at your nose at the same time. He's a oral surgeon, a DDS and also he, after he became an oral surgeon, he went back to med school and he is a medical doctor and Don is becoming infamous, or famous, I should say, really, for a product that he has that's a, uh, if you have PTSD and you're having problems sleeping, this product that he has, and it's it's a very simple product, been approved by the FDA for many, many years, and it's uh, basically an individual's ...fitted mouthpiece that uh, allows you to breathe and and sleep well at night, even though you have PTSD. So with that being said, good morning, Don.
0: Good morning, Dave. Thanks for having me on your show.
1: And I think Don should be there.
0: I'm here. Good morning, Don. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on your show.
1: Hello, Don.
0: I'm here, Dave. Dave?
1: And it seems like for some reason we have lost Don, or uh, we had him, and then I don't know where he went. Don? I'm right here. Okay, well, I tell you what, if uh, we'll... get him back on the line and uh no huh? he was on
0: he was here you he saying I hear you okay
1: well like I couldn't hear you okay we're going to try this all over again folks just bear with us and uh sometimes You win and sometimes you don't, but we're going to win, so hang in there. Okay, folks. Uh, sometimes you get the bear, and sometimes the bear gets you. And in my case, uh, the bear got me. But we've got Dr. Don Muller on the line, and we're going to be talking PTSD this morning, and uh, on a place for veterans. Don, how are you doing this morning?
0: I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on your show, Dave. Brett. Is this coming through Lima Charlie?
1: <laughs> Hello? I can't hear him. Okay. On. okay, Don, uh, for some reason I'm not getting you. Uh, hmm? Don, can you hear me?
0: I can hear you. Lima Charlie.
1: Limo Charlie, okay. Uh, Okay, uh, go ahead and say something else, would you, about PTSD?
0: Okay, well, today I want to discuss some important things, and I'll just list them. We're going to talk to our folks about what is getting back to normal. We're going to talk about an analogy of a picture frame, we all have a picture of what we'd like to get back to, the old you. We're going to talk about acute versus chronic disorders. We're going to talk about high-tech versus high-touch. We're going to talk a little bit about the healing environment and what that involves. And we're going to talk at the end of the show both about the PTSD oral device and uh, some soft neurological signs that you, you might be having creeping into your life. Well, How's that Dave,
1: I think that's a boatload. So we better get started,
0: huh? Okay, so to make it easy for the vets and the first responders, I made a a little analogy. Uh, you, we all know what a picture in a frame looks like. The frame's usually made out of wood or metal, and the picture's on kind of a mat, uh, so to speak. Well, you can't distort that picture. Uh, well, PTSD, we have to look at it in a new frame, because what we're going to talk about today are new, new we'll call them technologies, but studies that show that the, there's a lot of hope for the environment. And we'll, talk, we'll put this under the touchy-feely category. Now, I know most soldiers, veterans, and responders are not in the category of touchy-feely. But this, this is scientific, and it's backed up. So the picture I want you to imagine is your frame is made of a rubber-type material, and your picture that you have in your mind of the old normal is based on a kind of a rubberized mat. Well, in PTSD, your environment, your personal attitude, your friends uh, can, can put stresses and bends on that outer frame of that picture. And what that does is that distorts the rubberized picture that that you normally look at. So give you an example, let's say you had a picture of Thanksgiving in your mind with your family around you, your wife holding you, or your significant other, your kids, and your friends in that picture. Well, by bending the frame and what PTSD does, now you look at that picture and your friends have moved to the edge, your wife has moved away from you, and I hope you get the analogy. And so we're going to talk about some of the things uh, that are very helpful in, in, that have come up, and I want you to know about these in order to uh, kind of get back to normal. But realize that in, PTSD is a chronic disorder, and it has variable effects on you. So one of them uh, is, and I'll, I'll put these, there are four domains that it can affect your life. One is the internal domain. The next is the interpersonal domain. The third is the behavioral domain. And the fourth is the external domain. Now, you can think of those as, as the four sides of the frame. But you have to relate to that picture every moment of every day and, and what's happening. Is that pretty clear, Dave?
1: Yeah, I, even, even I understand what you're saying. So... It must be uh, fairly simplistic to understand.
0: Yeah. So we're going to kind of move off into uh, some of these areas. Now, remember, the four domains, the internal domain, this has to do with your uh, your healing and your intention. Now, now here's what really affects veterans and, and first responders. The nature of our job is to muscle through, adapt, and overcome. And that's who we are, and that's who we will always be. We ignore the little things, and we concentrate on life-saving stuff or winning the battle, adapt, and overcome. But when you're healing from PTSD, you have to start looking inward, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that. That's the internal domain. The next thing is the interpersonal domain. That's why in the picture I mentioned the friends are, are slowly moving away from you, your support group. You have to be associated with healing relationships. And I've had a lot of patients I've treated, and one of the primary things, the problems they have in interpersonal relationships, the normal folks in the normal world in the old picture don't understand PTSD, and they don't understand things they can't see. But the things for someone with PTSD, they're very real, like your alert response, when you clap your hands or hear a bang, you, you have a high level of that. You have a high level of anger. So these are picked up by your friends, and and interpersonal relationships uh, can suffer from that. The next domain is the behavioral domain. That has to do with your personal, your, we'll call it healthy lifestyles, You know, smoking, too much drinking, too much whatever those can as a, because the guys that smoke hey you got to do that to get through the day so you continue to do it well this is program is not about judging people it's just saying you have behaviors that are not healthy and they need to be changed and then the last one uh, is the external things now for example PTSD regulates your nervous system So for me personally, I don't like to go outside without sunglasses at all at any time because my brain doesn't need to be jostled any more than it is. And so this is uh, an example of what we mean by the external domain. So you have the internal domain, the interpersonal, the behavioral, and the external. And all of these have to be balanced on that picture with a flexible frame. How's that coming
1: through, Dave? You know, it's coming through, uh, like you said, uh, Lima Charlie, loud and clear. Uh, but I, I think the one thing that, uh, if you don't mind me adding something, uh, is that the the first thing is to identify that the individual has PTSD, yeah. and and that. Can be a, a tough thing to do.
0: Yes, and let me let me tell you, I I speak in analogies to make it come clear. But have you ever noticed when you're walking down a hall in a public building or hotel, and there's a fire fighting apparatus, and it says "break glass" in an emergency, and that <laughs> that's that needs to be understood by the folks with PTSD. There has to be a time that you just don't think about opening that cabinet and looking in there. You have to break the glass to get started. And breaking the glass is a statement. You say, hey, there's a fire burning, and we have to do something about it. Now, there are plenty of people that walk by that, and they're curious what's inside that. And that's like treatment for PTSD. But we all have to step up at one point in our life and go, i got to break the glass and get the fire extinguisher out. You can't think about it. There is that one moment that you're going to have to say, I got it, I, I have the problem, and I need to do something about it. And think of it as breaking the glass. You can't keep walking by that thing.
1: That's that's a very good analogy. And uh, I think that uh, this show is designed to, to help not only the Folks that have identified that they are suffering from PTSD, but to help those that you know that didn't even realize that they have it, but their behavior behavioral problems, both uh, and I, I love the way you put it: internal, uh, interpersonal, behavioral, and uh, external. I I can see how so many people have. PTSD and you mentioned last week, uh, being on the threshold of PTSD. And, you know, it's, and as, as we discussed last week as well, and I had uh, another doctor in the other day that we were talking, uh, and they came around to the, to last week's show and, and talking about PTSD and the tsunami effect that we're going to have in the near future because of the COVID uh, shutdowns and the COVID quote-unquote crisis. And, you know, it has harmed a lot of people, and a lot of people will ultimately suffer from PTSD, in my opinion.
0: That's right, Dave. And and the thing, it, and I contrast an acute injury. If you break your arm, uh, you get cut by glass, you Go to the emergency room, and they fix it. There's very little emotional overtone. When I had my gallbladder out, my appendix, my follow-up care was, are you having any pain? I didn't need support counseling. My friends were the same. My family was the same. Nothing changed. Well, PTSD is a serious injury, and in in future broadcasts, I will demonstrate and and give you research that it upregulates your nervous system there are soft sign neurological changes in your brain not like a stroke where it's specific but in a global sense so this is PTSD meets the requirement of a disorder mm-hmm. uh but the problem is the people that get it the first responders and veterans and also abused women this it, it, and this is the time to bring something up first responders and veterans combat veterans veterans in the army you get a different kind of ptsd and what i mean by that is that's combat induced and and for the, the police and the firemen and the nurses and the emts your ptsd is every day going out and doing your job that is combat based ptsd it is much more difficult for two things to convince those people that they have a problem and number two to treat it. And what I mean by treating, it doesn't mean that the therapies aren't there, but it's harder, myself included, to admit like, hey, hero, you've got a problem and you've got to solve. And what you have to do is you have to put that template of the domains over your entire life and you go, how's my family reacting? Well, if you get shot or cut on doing frontline stuff, Your family, once you're out of the ER, things are back to normal. But with PTSD, there are subtle changes that occur in your family. And your wife, your your significant other, and your kids go, why is my dad angry? Because anger is part of PTSD. But that slowly builds. And they just adapt. Families adapt. The next thing is your other interpersonal. Your friends will adapt. They may start to drift off, but when you put these four domains out there, you can start looking at that picture of your life with the rubberized frame, and you're going, wow, this picture has changed. Don, But it changes so slowly you don't notice.
1: Don, let me ask, uh, to your knowledge, have there, you know, I think we'll all admit to the fact that particularly police, anyone that's in the uh, in the uh in the police business and to some extent firemen and to some extent EMTs the divorce rate is considerably higher than in most other occupations has anyone put together two and two that the police i mean and and we support the uh, ride-along program that everybody in the country should go out and ride with a cop some night between midnight and 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. and see exactly what they go through and what the EMT goes through. You never know what you're about to drive up on. And the stress of that. And so my question is, has anybody put together PTSD and the uh, divorce rate of, of cops and uh,
0: firemen? Absol- Dave, absolutely. And, and this, this is how, is what I mean by the interpersonal relationships and the be- behavioral relationships. It's exactly on point with what you've said. And here's the problem. Imagine you're an EMT on the way to a wreck, and you get a call on your cell phone. It's your daughter, and she she wants to tell you something about what happened at school. You prioritize and go, I don't have time for that. And that child receives that message. Her other friend's dads might be working in a store, selling shoes, I don't know. And they get a call, and, and they have time to answer it. So what happens? The police, the nurses, the EMTs, the firemen, you're prioritizing your life to save lives while your own life slowly disintegrating. And the reason I made the analogy of the rubberized picture with the rubberized frame is that when that social endeavor, your interpersonal relationships, that domain, that part of the frame is being bent out. And when you bend that frame, your worldview frame that you think is stable is not. That's pulling on that rubberized picture, and the friends, your family, are being pulled out of that picture. But it's a slow process, and you're exactly right. They have connected it.
1: You know, this is, uh, and I guess one of the scariest things from talking to you and and learning more and more about PTSD, it's it may happen overnight but it doesn't really come out overnight necessarily and it's it's uh it's almost like a insidious uh disease that you have that's slowly taking over your brain and your body and your life and your behavior and everything else and uh,
0: I couldn't have said it better dave and here's what people don't get Let's take the standard PTSD from for a civilian. They can point to that horrible time that something happened. Their car was, you know, flipped over. Somebody pulled a gun on them. Somebody raped them. They can give you that exact date, but two things they can't give you is the slow changes in their life that are affected by that. But if you put that on top of the military PTSD. And it is a different PTSD. So when you read uh, about standard, we'll call it standard PTSD in the civilian world, it is not the same. It's more closely chronic PTSD. And so what happens, you just keep going on patrol, even though, or running a convoy or doing your calls as an EMT, your brain is taking that in and slowly modifying your life, because you don't know when you're gonna die tomorrow and you do that every single day when you go out and do your job especially police that is changing your nervous system slowly imperceptibly and you actually hang with people that have that same get over it and finish the job mentality which is good But the subtle changes in your family life in your personal life your hobbies remember that frame is being distorted And 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 Dave, you hit the nail on the head. You can have an acute remembrance, like yeah, I remember when I was in Vietnam and some really horrible things happened. I put dates on those, but the insidious, slow process can happen years and decades later, and and that's a critical factor.
1: And it it's not like (laughs) it's not like you have a, a. Pimple on your arm that you see growing and growing and growing and finally you pop it or something like that. It's, it's in your head and you can't do anything about it. It just, and, and in many cases you don't even know that it's going on. It's just happening in to in you. In most
0: cases you don't know. And here's why you have to put that four domain frame. When you're in traffic, somebody cuts you off. You go, what's that clown think he's doing? Well, you got to immediately put it in the frame and go, look, that part of my nature, I'm a little easier. It's easier for me to get angry. Well, that, that doesn't just apply to when you're driving. It applies to your family life. You get home and your wife burned the, burned the dinner. Well, you've had a rough day at work. You look forward to eating. You miss lunch. Well, now that becomes a major issue. So you immediately go, get that picture with a rubber frame and the rubber picture and you go, Hey, this anger is starting to pull that frame and distort my family's picture of the love of my kids and my wife. But by putting this domain, I'll call it template over every activity of your life, you're going to start to see and be warned that it's about to happen. Is that kind of clear?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That if, if you identify it and don't let it get to you and you pop off before you have a chance to do the analogy of the frame, you know?
0: Yes, and here's the problem, and actually the, 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 the good, the healing part. People in veterans, first-line people, responders, we just don't have time to say, well, I'm just going to check into a therapy program for a month. You can't do that. We have to heal in place, and that's why I'm bringing up the domain. You have to you have to take that rubberized picture and kind of put it in your in your mind. And when you're when you're in a position, remember you're trying to heal from PTSD in a in a in, a, in an environment, that's the external environment. You're trying to heal in that environment while you're still under stress. That's, just, that's telling a guy that broke his arm here. Let's say major league pitcher, you know, ripped some ligaments, and he's got to go out and keep pitching. You'll know, get they won't let him do it. They'll pull him off. That doesn't happen to soldiers, and it doesn't happen to EMTs, police. And so you're you're exactly right. We have to heal on the job, and that's why uh, I've got this uh, framework. You know, we that's your worldview. Everything you see is and react to is put into your worldview framework. No. And and PTSD, you think you're running around with the wooden frame and the regular oil painting. You're not. It's flexible and it won't be that way. If you make a change on the frame, it will distort the picture. And in those four domains, you have to run everything like your personal health. I don't care if somebody smokes. I'm a doctor and we're supposed to say, yeah, you got to stop, whatever. But look, I have a uh, a policeman one time who who he and I were working to stop him smoking. And he was down to like one cigarette a day until somebody shot at him and he was in hot pursuit. He said, Doc, I lit four of them at once. <laughs> okay, who am I to judge that guy? I'm not in his environment. But I would tell him, let's go back to the old frame. I mean, the, the rubberized frame concept and go back to working. So we sure we've got First responders, veterans, we've got these habits that we engage in to get through the day. But this framework will just tell you, hey, maybe we'll back off on some of this stuff.
1: Don, let's uh, stop there and take a break. And uh, we want to remind everyone that we've got a very, very important election coming up. You can vote early. You can go and vote today or you can wait until November the 8th and vote, whatever fits your schedule best. But the important thing is that you vote and know who you're voting for and what they stand for. That's a major issue today. We'll be back right after this. Stacey Abrams says yes to defund the police as crime is on the rise in Georgia. This November, say no to Stacey Abrams, Vote for Rich McCormick.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Best I forget Sometimes send the cold wind blowing through my life. Sometimes we need the
1: rain. And we're back on A Place for Veterans. And uh, we did find the music, obviously, Don. And I, before we left, I, I was just about to ask you a question. And you and I talked about it the other night, uh, that... You know, I've been very fortunate as a veteran that I have made a lot of veteran friends and can talk to veterans, and they will come on the radio show or one of our veteran shows and uh, be a part of it because, because I can talk their language, so to speak. I didn't go in-country. I don't ever want anybody to think that I went in-country because... You know, I, I do a lot of, a lot of things, but that's one I didn't do. But I can, I did go through basic and AIT like everybody else. And so I can, so my point being is, okay, is it good for a person that has PTSD and has recognized it to talk to someone else that hasn't acknowledged that they have it? But I know that, I know for a fact that a veteran will Talk to another veteran that has worn the same boots before they'll even talk to their family many times. But is, is that good therapy for them or do they need to go elsewhere? I know, uh, in my situation, uh, I tried talking to, uh, my, uh, minister and that was like having cold water thrown on me. So, uh, how do you, Is talking a good therapy? I guess that's my question.
0: Sure. And you've got basically two questions. So the first one, let me tell you kind of a formal definition. You have to have an intention for healing, and it's defined as a conscious and mindful determination to improve the health of yourself or one another. Now, let me say that again if you want to talk to somebody about ptsd you have to put them on that rubberized picture you cannot talk to negative people first of all ptsd has the bad reputation that there's a low expectation that healing can take place that's not true and part of the reason uh... that's true uh... it is is because first responders and veterans that have to go back into combat and try and heal well go to a physical rehab thing and you want to see how someone with a shoulder injury rehab they'll pretty much have a sling on and say you got to really be careful with that so if you talk to another vet who does not have an intention of getting better let me just put it has that vet that you're talking to broken the glass and say breaking case of fire if they haven't made that step that's that's the internal domain. Do not, I mean, be nice to him, but you're you not going to get help from another veteran who has not broken the glass to get care himself. If that veteran that you're talking to is not aware of the four domains and how they affect his life, he's basically like a guy in the emergency room who smashed his hand with a, with a hammer. It, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. He's going to say that every time you meet him. It hurts, it hurts, it hurts. You need to sit next to somebody to go, hey, you know, I had that same injury, and I used the four domains, and I worked on those, and I am better. So fact number one, in PTSD, you need to hang with people who have good intentions, and they themselves are working on the four domains. They said, yeah, you know, I got back together with my kids, and I told them what it's like to have PTSD. And I talked to my guys at work saying, man, I didn't know I was flying off the handle. Those guys are on the road to recovery. Now, Now, the next thing about is the spiritual aspect. Uh, that is one of the most important, and this has been documented, the most important thing, and it's hope. H-O-P-E, real simple. Hope is provided. Your spiritual uh, uh, framework, okay, let's look at that picture. Uh, let's pretend in that picture you had a, uh, a little crash by a Christmas tree. Well, that picture's been distorted that your Christmas tree's bent over and the crash has kind of been pulled out of the scene, you know, the manger. Well, here's the problem. You have confronted a moral dilemma. You've had a moral injury. And that's also in that domain and framework. That's the spiritual part part. You have since you've had a moral injury, it's gonna manifest in different things such as guilt, regret, remorse. These are things that are gonna happen. So when you say, Hey, that picture of you in that rubberized frame standing there with a smile and you're dressed, you know, in you know, a sport coat and ready to go have some fun, that guy has been affected by a demoralizing thing. So now, thoughts, now that guy's sitting there in a beat-up T-shirt and and cut-off pants and doesn't care that he looks like that. Spiritual is extremely important. So if you, if they are ministers, and I went to seminary myself, if there's folks out there that don't get on board with the spiritual aspect of this, you, you need to switch up. So to review what you said, if there are veterans that are moving through an interpersonal development, they're mu- moving through in their internal development, if they're moving through external changes, etc., the, the four domains, that's great to hang with them and then share with them. But if there are veterans that just want to cry in their beer, much as I love those guys, hanging with those guys is no good. And if you hang with a minister that goes, PTSD has nothing to do with spiritual, they need, you might gently remind your ministers, say, read Harold Koenig, uh, MD, and also there's a, a, an MD who's also got a doctor of theology, Kinghorn, read some of his things. There is, there's plenty of evidence about the importance of spirituality.
1: You know, one word that you mentioned is, Found, the one word is found in the Bible more than any other word, and that's hope. And the spirituality of it is that if we do nothing else on this show, Don, and it's not me, it's you, but if we can give one person that doesn't know whether they do or they don't have PTSD, but they have a problem, there is hope, and you can find it in the Bible. You can find it by listening to the show. You can find it in many other ways, but there is hope. It's not like you have to do this by yourself for the rest of your life.
0: Right. You, Dave, that's, that's critical. There is hope. There, there, And that's why I, I actually read this in one of the journals. It said high-tech versus high-touch. Well, everything in medicine is not run by high tech. There are all these other areas, and spirituality is definitely one of them, and there is hope. And God does not put people in a position for no reason. And I will have to say and it's not been pleasant, but I grew more spiritually as a result of PTSD than if I didn't, because... PTSD on a spiritual basis will confront you with the value, of what you put a value on in your life. People take friends for granted. They take uh, interpersonal relationships. People with PTSD, you're going to develop deeper relationships once you get through the cloudy part with your friends and your family, etc., and your colleagues at work than you would. You... God has your attention when you got PTSD. He has shown you the, the rough part of life. And PTSD is not new. Job, if you look in Job 7, he laid on his bed after losing his kids, his house, and you name it, the animals. I thought, how could Job not have PTSD? Well, if you read Job chapter 7, I believe, 7, maybe it's 11, but at any rate, you will find out that Job suffered. And Job, most people don't understand. Chronologically, Job, the book of Job was the first book of the Bible that was widespread. So God let people know the life life is not gonna necessarily be fun and games. And so there is hope for people with PTSD, but it has to be in the domain the full domain. Yes, there's counseling, yes, there are other things that can help. But it's important to realize your picture of health is affected by how you are going to adjust your frame to adjust the rubberized picture. I'm beating that to death, and I know it. And when you realize that, and you go, I have to work on bending that frame to bring people, my loved ones and my caregivers, into that picture and listen to them. And that's how you're gonna affect your healing. Let
1: me let me ask this. Uh, does it help, or I assume it can help, but is there any program for this that, okay, you have PTSD, but you're the only one that recognizes it, and uh, your wife or your kids just think, well, he's hot-tempered and blows off and does this or does that. Is there anyone that can go in and talk to the family before the family splits?
0: That's a tough question, and, and, and the reason is is it's kind of like uh, uh, those icebergs that, that break and then finally fall off into the water and you see thousands of tons of ice just go casting Well, what was the final piece of ice that melted before that giant thing fell into the water? And, and that's why it, it's important that the sooner you break the glass on that in case of fire, that's a commitment. And as soon as you're committed and you just say, look, let me just take a look at my interpersonal relationships, and you start working on those, well, that's healing, you know, uh, in the trauma zone, so to speak. Uh, if you say, hey, I, I don't have time for my own health. I, I'm, I'm, you know, eating hot dogs. We all have done that. Grab a hot dog and cracker and that's dinner. Well, you have to start realizing that your the food you eat is healthy, that your your social habits lead, all these little things add together for that picture. Now, to, to answer your question, the best, you know, like CPR, CPR keeps people alive until the, the EMTs get there and the EMTs keep them alive till the thoracic surgeons get there, so to speak. Well, it's the same thing. We'll look at this domain analysis as, as PTSD first aid. And you go, whoa, I didn't, I didn't know about this until I started reading extensively in it. You just put that template over your life and go, I'm going to improve my health. I'm going to improve uh, this port. I'm going to improve my behavioral health. I'm going to improve my interpersonal relationships and the external environment. One of the external environments is... If you're hanging around in stressful situations, you have to reformat what's going on. If you think, hey, I'm taking this too seriously, you can't take everything too seriously. you got to take your job, which is deadly serious for the people we're talking to in our audience. It's not like, you know, I taught college at night school, and I spelled a word wrong on, on, the, on the blackboard. It was Drosophila melanogaster. That's a fruit fly. But the part I misspelled was fruit. I could dyslexic. But at any rate, I reached up, grabbed an eraser, and erased it. And I started laughing. And some students in the class said, what's so funny? And I said, I'm a surgeon. I don't take a, uh, an eraser to the operating room. Well, that applies to everybody, the nurses, the front line. You do the best you can, but we also hold ourselves to really high standards. And so these are things that when you start recognizing, you can do self-help. You can do PTSD first aid.
1: Very interesting. Very interesting analogy And in that, uh, you know, I, and, and it was sort of drilled into me working with the company I was working for as an EMT is that, Your job is to get them to the hospital alive. And that's, that's the first thing that you have to keep in mind when you get there to the scene, whether it's a heart attack in a home or, you know, whatever it happens to be, your job is to get them to the hospital and let the professionals take over. And, you know, we considered ourselves professional to a degree, but uh, we weren't doctors and we didn't pretend we were. We were to revive or sustain and get them to the hospital. And uh, in many cases, we never knew, or in my case anyway, we never knew whether the uh, patient that we had picked up, be it a car wreck or a heart attack or whatever, we never knew whether they lived or died after we got them to the hospital but if we got them to the hospital with a pulse and without traumatic breathing then we had done our job and uh... i think this is the thing that uh... you know we all go well, through know, some
0: cpr uh, it's not for you it's very strange it's not for you, it's for, for someone else, because you can't do CPR on yourself. That's right. Well, <laughs> if, if you are aware, and you're a family member listening to this program, you go, whoa, I didn't know that these things would happen to my husband. I didn't know, and we're gonna move, you know, briefly into the sleep problem. PTSD sure. uh, alters your quality of your sleep, the quantity of your sleep, Uh, The the REM and non-REM, you can read about that. But when you're having nightmares, your sleep is not real refreshing. And the next thing that you can understand is that when you're back in having those nightmares, you're thrashing around in bed and your significant other, wife, kid, whatever, here's dad yelling at night, and they're going, what's going on in there? Well, it scares your wife, your significant other, and they go, don't, they, don't, they can't crawl inside your head. And so part of that problem uh, that we have to confront, if you can't get a good night's sleep, you, you can turn people into raging animals, and they've done it. If you just They've done these experiments, I'm sure it was Army, Special Force, whatever. How long can you keep somebody awake without getting sleep, and they're not goofy? Well, the research is there. Well, what's the difference when you can't get quality sleep in them because of your nightmares? Well, PTSD is a very real disease because you can get cardiovascular disease problems. You can get endocrine problems, and the list goes on and on. Well, not only that, and I'm going to talk a little bit about soft neurological changes. A hard neurological change is like if you, say, you're 75 or 65, and you feel a little funny, and all of a sudden you can't move your left hand and arm. Well, until proven otherwise, that's a stroke. Those are hard signs, like, how's your grip strength? You know, stick your tongue out, blah, blah, blah. Well, they're soft signs. And you cannot find soft signs that easily. But the cognitive of rehabilitation that happens with PTSD is documented. Neuropsychologists can document that. Those things actually hit, actually exist. I'm working with PTSD... And I work on the trigeminal nerve. That's the nerve that essentially works with chewing muscles. But I've also found out that some of the soft signs are balance, which, you know, like trying to balance and walk, station and gait. That means can you walk? Are you as stable on your feet as you might think? Well, two things enter into this. You keep somebody awake all night, and they're not going to be as stable. Or PTSD elevates... We'll call it the excitement level of your brain. So these are real things that are occurring out of the 800 veterans I've treated with my device, and I'm a maxillofacial surgeon first and, and a researcher second. But of those people, there I had one MP in my office. He was retired, and I had him do that drunk walk, you know, heel to toe, heel to toe, and this poor guy couldn't do it. And I looked at him, because you know how vets joke with each other, and I said, I'm going to have to ask you to give me your driver's license. And he reached in his pocket and give it to me. And I said, I'm just kidding you. But see, we just keep adapting and overcome. Sometimes if you have balance issues, that might be from PTSD, either poor sleep or uh, the, the, the PTSD itself.
1: You know, there there's so many aspects. And... I would venture to say that, that at this point we, you and, and other researchers that have been looking at PTSD and, and it's, it didn't just happen overnight. It's been, like you said, ever since Job and, you know, it's, it, it's an ongoing thing and, uh, they'll never, as you and I talk, there'll never be a pill to cure it and, Make it go away, but, uh, the research on it has been incredible and I look forward to the more and more research and, and it's like anything else. This is, I guess, until, really until Vietnam, uh, shell shocked or Uh, battle fatigue or whatever was sort of swept under the, under the dirty rug, you know? But it's nice to know that now people care and realize that PTSD can affect so many things. And like we talk about with, with our, with our veterans and uh, our folks that are on active duty, uh, you know, when that, person was deployed and he was the uh, center of attention of every party and did the amateur magic and everybody laughed at his jokes and and then he come he or she comes back from the deployment and there's no laughter something's happened to the laughter yeah yeah and this is what can happen with, you know, the life of the party, and uh, people have to. And I'm, I'm just thankful that people are recognizing it now, and there are people like you that are doing something about it. And
0: well, I like your uh, it, that it's, it's so good that you mentioned this. And you see, it educa- it, it, knowledge is power, and the first thing. That you know is that, hey, if you're a a caregiver or married or he's your dad or your uncle and you go, you know, he has changed. And so you start looking for his interpersonal relationships. Well, it's tough to hang with somebody. So veterans gravitate. You you see when you're not laughing anymore, it's only natural. The world, the rest of the world goes, well, he wants to be left alone. Well, who else wants to be left alone? Well, veterans listen to another veterans, and we don't judge another veteran. They had to do what they had to do. We don't judge them. But the point is, when you're trying to heal, when you're trying to enter that domain of health, the hope domain, you need to to pretty much start selecting your friends. If you're going to talk with other veterans, you have to say, hey, you know, we're screwed up. And if the other veteran goes, we're not screwed up. And you say, "Oh, you didn't break the glass in case of fire." Well, I did. And see, that's a commitment. Because if you just go around think about it, breaking glass in case of fire, you're going to go to jail. So that's a commitment. And I think it's that way on purpose. You 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 break that glass and you just admitted, "I think I there was a fire." It's okay if you saw smoke coming out from under a door in your school or university or hotel. They're not going to send you to jail for that. Break that glass and you've now committed yourself to doing something. And and, and in, a, in kind of a final thought, PTSD treatment's the same way. You have to break the glass. You have to say something's wrong. My picture... See, remember, the rubber frame and the rubber picture's been distorting. And... You just keep adapting to that new picture, and, and that's not healing. You have to get a healthy picture of the way it was and realize that you, there is plenty of hope, but it, it is a complex situation, and complex doesn't mean it can't be treated. It means it's a, it's a war you're waging on four or five or six different fronts, and yes, you need counseling, and yes, it's effective, and yes, you may need some medicine to help sleep, and that's where... You know, and this is not an advertisement, this is where research, and I want to also make a statement. PTSD affects oral health, and there are papers about it, a very recent, 2020-2022 era. But the point is, if you're having your headaches, your jaw pain, your joint pain by your ear, your TM joint, you're grinding your teeth or clenching your teeth, and I'm trying to get the VA to recognize the fact that the VA, that PTSD significantly affects the oral health and the oral apparatus. And so this is an entirely new frontier. If you want to go to PubMed.gov and, and, and put in a search, PTSD and oral health, you're not going to find very many, of any, articles on it. So that's a new thing that, to let your listeners know. If if your husband say, man, my, my jaw's hurt, I'm getting headaches, I have nightmares, That's part of the PTSD syndrome that essentially the VA is not really up-to-date on.
1: Well, as I've learned with the VA, uh, they're not up-to-date on a lot of things. And uh, I say this only from an outside view. I don't have VA privileges, so I say it from what I hear from other veterans. Some of the veterans have had very good experience. Others have had... Less than than good experience. That brings up another point. Anybody that's listening to this now or in the near future, if you weren't aware of this, the National Archives has been closed since March the nineteenth, twenty twenty. And if you need, if you have Agent Orange and you're needing your two hundred one file or record showing where you were in Vietnam. You're not going to get those records because they have been hiding under the mask of COVID and they're still not open. They had a fire many years ago, now many years ago, and uh, destroyed a lot of our records. But they have rebuilt those records or had, so they say. And uh, you need to contact your congressman, your senator or whatever and beg them to put the heat on the National Archives to get it where veterans are dying because they can't get treatment, because they can't prove where they were in Vietnam because their records are locked up, and they can't get their records. So please put the pressure on anybody you can put it on to get the National Archives open again.
0: That's, That's another thing. If, if, for example, if you read for disability purposes, for the oral part, if you open your mouth so far, so many millimeters, you get this rating or so many other. I looked at that. I don't see anywhere about veterans suffering from jaw pain, joint pain, jaw joint pain, headaches. I said, where is that? And, the, and my final comment with respect to the mouth there are folks who can get, if they're 100% disabled, they can get dental care. Why is the VA not making my device uh, for those people? How to make it is in the literature. We included the recipe on how to make it. It's not rocket science. The VA is not interested. The VA has not sent one individual, neither has the U.S. Army, to my office. I'm only eight miles from Fort Benning. They've never sent one individual to my office to see how I make them.
1: Don we're going to have we're going to have to break it off uh, we're okay. out of time but uh folks listen to this again and put the pressure on those that need the pressure put on them get Don's device approved by the VA we'll be back next week on a place for veterans with Dr. Don Muller and we'll see you then